Welcome to the 7-Minute Job Interview Podcast, where we answer your job interview questions, resume questions, and provide job search advice in only seven minutes. And now your host, Davon Goddard. Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's Davon here with the 7-Minute Job Interview Podcast, where we help young professionals advance in their careers, and we do so by answering your questions. So if you guys are listeners of the 7-Minute Job Interview Podcast, you know that I typically take one question, and I answer it, and I try to answer it in the shortest time possible. That way, the whole whole premise behind that was so that you can grab something, and you can apply it directly to your job interview. So um, I want it so you can easily grasp questions or you can click on the questions that you want my answer to and you can hear the answer and then you can go apply it. But, you know, there's a lot of things that's happening in regards to job interviews, in regards to where we're going, in regards to work, the work world, um, so to speak, um, education and things like that. A lot of things I really want to talk about, but um, I don't feel like there's enough time on the regular podcast. So what I would like to do is extend the 7-Minute Job Interview podcast to cover more questions, but also at the same time give my thoughts on what's going on in, you know, in career, in education, and things like that. And I also wanted to start bringing on guests on the show. Um, when I started my first podcast, every episode I had a different guest on, and they focused on a different discipline. And a lot of people find, found value in, value in that. And I wanted to you know, sort of bring that back to the show. So it's going to be an extended version. I'm going to answer a few questions. I'm going to get my thoughts on different articles, give you guys some tips and tricks and stuff like that. Everything it takes in order to help you advance in your professional career. So that's exactly what the podcast is about. And to date, we've been doing extremely well. Um, the podcast has been out for, I believe, like a year and a half, two years. And it's amassed over 700,000 downloads, which is, I can't even fathom to this point. So for all you who've been listening to the podcast, and I get the emails, you know, telling me what episode you're on and how this has helped you get your job interview um, skills up to par, and you're getting job offers and things are happening. And that's why I created the show. I created the show for you guys because people were asking me these questions and I was in a position to answer them um, because I've been on the side of recruiting. I've worked for the federal government, had some great positions within there, and I sort of want to give my, you know, give my expertise towards you guys, the young professionals, the college grads, you know, the people who's going to shape, um, shape our future pretty much. So that's exactly what the show is about, and I thank you guys for supporting it and making things happen. But before we get into it, I do want to introduce a course that I've created for you guys. Um, it's absolutely free. It's at watchmegetajobinterview.com, where you watch me get a job interview from complete scratch. I take you through the entire process, creating a resume from scratch, um, reaching out to employers via LinkedIn, how to pretty much nail your job interview, what to do after the job interview. It's a great course, like over 10 hours of video, a bunch of resources, and it's absolutely free at watchmegetajobinterview.com. I believe total we have only um, over 5,000 students that's in the course, which is amazing, and I would like for you to become a part of that. So make sure you check that out. So um, I think that's all the announcements I had for you guys before I begin. Um, downloads, podcast, yeah, that's it. Um, as I mentioned, I want more guests on the show. Oh, yeah, one more thing. So if you want a question answered on the show, um, it used to be my personal email, but now that's it's got flooded and it's got really congested. And... It's hard for me to pick out the questions because that's because my personal stuff is coming in there as well. Um, I should have probably been did this, but now the new link or the new um, 
email is askask at seven minutesjobinterview.com. So if you want a question answered on the show, make sure you contact me at ask at seven minutesjobinterview.com and I'll be glad to get to your question. So with that being said, speaking of questions, let's jump into today's question. Today's first question. How do college students and recent grads pump up resumes without much work experience? What stands out? Now, this is a great question. So, um, you guys know the drill. You know, when you graduate college, um, you don't have much experience, right? Unless you did some work study, you might have had um, an internship or something like that. But you still don't have, you know, the sufficient work experience it takes to be successful in like a like a mid-level career position or something like that. So, and the thing is, employers know this, right? So don't go in there thinking that they expected you to come out with four years of experience and things like that. They're not expecting that. They know you're a recent college graduate. They know you, um, you're a student full-time, and that you maybe had some internships here or there. So right now at this point, yes, they're judging you on work experience. Um, granted, everyone should have some type of work experience before they graduate college. Um, internships are pretty much one of the primary means of doing so. But also nowadays, there's so much things you could do with the internet. So for an example, if I wanted to get into graphic design and I didn't know anything about it, but you know, I want a career in media, I can start that freshman year in college and I can go to youtube.com, lynda.com, um, udemy.com, and I could buy a course on graphic design or I can watch some videos on how to create a logo, how to create different media, um, just a bunch of different stuff. And you can learn how to do it and once you learn how to do it, you can start applying those methods on websites like Upwork.com, on Fiverr.com. You can start building this client base. So not only will you be building work experience, but you're also going to be in a position in which you're, um, you're making some money and you can pay back those student loans, which we're going to talk about later on. But in regards to your resume itself, um, as I mentioned, employees aren't expecting you to have a bunch of experience on there. So what they're going to look at is your campus involvement. So did you take on any leadership positions while you were in college? Um, what organizations did you become a part of? Um, what honor societies did you become a part of during your college matriculation? Um, just things like that. So so while you're in college, it's very, very important to join as, many, as much um, social organizations as you can, fraternities, sororities, um, business um, international business organizations, uh, depending on what your career field is, there's a bunch of different alternatives and a bunch of different things that you can do in order to sort of, you know, help your lack of work experience. Because when you don't have much work experience, employers are still going to ask about those key things. They're still going to ask about, are you able to work with other people? They're still going to ask about, can you collaborate with team members? Um, are you able to lead a team and things like that? And you're not going to have the time to do it during an internship because you're an intern. You know, um, it's very rare that, you, you, that you're going to be um, making top tier decisions if you're an intern. But you do have that opportunity to make those decisions if you hold an office position within your local organization or any type of um, honor society or, or something like that. And that's going to be your chance to really stand out. So. Where you lack in work experience, you can definitely make up for extracurricular activities. I mean, personally, I made it. I made an effort to do so by joining the fraternity, by um, starting. I mean, helping recharge, 
recharter um, an organization that was on campus by holding leadership positions within those organizations, right? So that had me, that gave me something to talk about during the job interviews. So as you guys know, a lot of job interviews is mainly focused around behavioral type based job interviews. So tell me about the time you did this. Tell me about the time you worked with a difficult team member. Tell me about the time you were in a position in which you held this meeting, you finished this project. And you're not going to be able to experience a lot of that, you know, with two months of internship. So what you have to do is put yourself in a position in which you're, you know, participating on campus, joining these social organizations, not only joining them, but taking leadership roles in those organizations, because that's going to provide you with the experience. And that's going to and that's going to allow them to sort of put you in positions in which you have to make decisions. You have to work with people. Um, and you have to lead projects from beginning to end. So that's my advice on that. But as I mentioned before, a sort of better way or in addition, you can also, as I mentioned, you can freelance. You can learn how to do those um, certain skills and you can go apply those in the market and you can start building a team and things like that. Like you can start working on your own these days. There's so much you can do with the Internet, guys. It's insane. All right, let's jump into the next question. I want to grow my network in 2019, but I have limited time. Where should I invest that time? And what time sucks should I avoid? All right, so everyone wants to grow their network, right? And the new year, they want to do new things. They want to meet um, new people, grow new connections that can, you know, expose them to different, different type of career opportunities, right? And granted, please do that. You know, that's definitely the way to go. Um, Who you know definitely plays a key role in things. So the first thing... Uh, I would recommend, and um, actually, it's an app. It's called the Meetup app. I'm not sure why I should still have it on here. Okay, so if you want to network with people who are like-minded and you want to get in those groups and really be ingrained in the culture on exactly what's going on with your specific niche or your specific subject matter or what have you, make sure you have the Meetup app, (M E E T). UP. <laughs> yeah, it's the meetup app. So make sure you download that. And when you're there, you can pretty much connect with any type of group you want. You can type in finance, you can type in accounting, you can type in law, you can type in um, investing, you, um, real estate. You can just type in pretty much anything. And there's going to be local meetups within your area that you can attend for free, for free. Now, some some people charge um, if you want to join their group and things like that, but you can find the free ones and right there. At that point, you know you have a solid group of people who are there and a solid group of people who share the same common interests as you. And from that, you can start building so many different relationships because you're already ingrained with people that you know who's interested in that particular subject matter. So that can be your key. So Meetup is a def- definite, definitely a great way to go. Um, there's just so, it's just so much you can do. You can actually not only meet up with people within your city, but you can go to other cities and attend those meetups as well. And that, you know, it's just a, it's just, it just, it just trickles down guys. I kid you not. It's a great opportunity. So make sure you check that out. The meetup app. Um, another thing you can, well, one thing you can avoid is the, let's say the, I won't say avoid them, but it wouldn't be my primary means of networking. And that's the big conferences, you know. Now, conferences is great. Don't get me wrong. You get to meet some great people. You get to meet some great connections. But me personally, um, I've been to a ton of conferences. And, 
you know, it's always the same. It's always the same thing. You meet some people. Um, you shuffle business cards. By the time you leave and get back to your hotel room, you have twelve business cards from people you don't even remember. They don't remember you. So you just handed out a bunch of cards. No one is following up on those cards. Like nothing is happening. And, you know, it just puts you in a position in which you feel like you're wasting time. And then there's just a bunch of people there. There's thousands of people. You feel like you got to, quote, unquote, work the room. And you have to do all this stuff. I, I typically stay away from the big, big, big conferences. I mean, unless it's something I'm interested in and I want to go to see some keynote speeches or something like that or um, join a small meetup from an uh, influencer that I like or something like that. But other than that, I'll never go there for the primary means of networking because as I mentioned you can join these little small niche groups and you can really make some really really close personal connections and business relationships with the people in those groups and that can expand to something so um you know not most of us we're not good with a hundred people in the room and us learning how to work the room and talk to different people and have these seven seven second pitches and stuff like that a lot of us you know we're that, that that's just something we don't do, right? And a better alternative is the meetup app because you can meet with a group of 10 people. You can meet with a group of three people. Um, but, you know, most mostly it's like groups of 20, 30 people, probably 15 people, and then you connect on whatever whatever is happening. Um, it can be a brunch. It can be um, a keynote or something like that. Uh, it could be a, just, a, you know, just a meetup after work. But... The most important part is that it puts you in the same room with people that are interested in the same things you're interested in. And from there, um, relationships can build. Because if you go to a conference with thousands of people, you don't know why they're there. You don't know, you know, what the purpose is. You know, you don't know. You don't really know much about the person. You don't know backgrounds about the people. It's, it's, it's just a lot. So meetup is probably my favorite way to go. And and just go from there. So um, avoid the business card shuffling thing from the big conferences and stuff like that. And, you know, just kind of stay out that that whole thing. So another way to network, one more way that I do want to bring up is on LinkedIn. Now, I know LinkedIn is not fun. I know it's not that entertaining. It's actually quite boring. I hate to say that, but it is, um, especially for millennials and young professionals. You know, most of us are on Facebook and Instagram, which is more entertaining because that's why we go to uh, the Facebooks and Instagrams is for entertainment. It's to, you know, to let time pass by. And LinkedIn is not as intuitive and it's not as fun. And you can't post as much and there's just not a lot going on. You know, it seems to be a lot of older professionals there, you know, who are, um, you know, they're deep into their profession and they want to talk strictly professional business. And that's exactly what LinkedIn is for. The thing is, a lot of us young professionals, we're not on there because it's not entertaining, but we do need to make a conscious effort to actually start building out our LinkedIn profile and really start making those connections. Because the same thing I say you can do with the Meetup app is the same thing you can do with LinkedIn, right? You can go to LinkedIn, um, you can join groups, you can join certain groups. Now, it's all digital, I know, but you can still connect with people who are interested in the same things you're interested in. So me personally, I like to join a lot of groups um, with um, professionals in career development, education, and things like that, because that's the things that I'm interested in. Business, marketing, that's the things that I'm interested in. So I can connect with those people on that platform. And the thing is, you have to think about the context of the platform. LinkedIn 
is for business, for careers. So when you're on LinkedIn, you have a different mindset than when you have when you're on Instagram, right? It's a whole different mindset. When I'm on Instagram, I want to see what's going on in my world. I want to see what my friends are doing. I want to see where my friends are traveling to. I want to see what's going on with different celebrities, celebrity news and things like that. I want to see funny memes and things like that. So that's what my mind is prepared for. So you have to think about the context. But when I'm on LinkedIn, I know that, you know, I'm here for my career development. I'm here for professional development. I'm, you know, I'm putting on my shirt and tie, so to speak. And my whole frame of mind is changing because I'm on this platform. The thing is, intuitively, that doesn't, that's not fun to us because we don't want to think about work. We don't want to think about growing our network. We don't want to think about professionalism and, you know, um, having that filter on whenever we're in the LinkedIn platform. It's just something that we don't want to do. It's something that doesn't come to us naturally. So what we have to do is make a conscious effort to be on LinkedIn. And I spoke about this on another episode on the podcast. We have to because it's not that intuitive to us and because we we really don't want to be on the platform unless we have to be, um, the best thing we should do is set aside time. Even if it's 20 minutes a day, set aside time and say, I'm going to use LinkedIn. Um, today, I'm going to find groups that I'm interested in. Today, I'm going to reach out to a person I never spoke to before. Today, I'm going to... Um, um, I'm going to write an article based upon finance because I'm in love with finance and I see something just happen with Goldman Sachs or something like that, right? We have to make a conscious effort to actually make those decisions. That way we can sort of better our network in 2019 and beyond. So um, I think I read that only one in three millennials are on LinkedIn, you know, which is, which, is, which is not good because the opportunity is there. Recruiters are there. Companies are there looking for us. They're looking for people like you to come in their company and make things happen. They're looking for young professionals with fresh minds who don't have this bias towards um, a certain industry. And they're looking for you to come on board with new ideas, with a great understanding of the world and a great understanding of social media and marketing and how things are running these days. And they want you to come in and make a difference within their company. But they can't find us if we're not on the platform. So make sure we're on the platform. Make sure we're not only there, but we're participating. Now, a lot of you out there, you have the profile. Um, it's probably not filled out. You have the profile, but you haven't been doing anything in order to maintain those connections or even make connections in the first place. So if you want to expand your network in 2019, that's my recap. So first thing you do is meet up. Make sure you go to Meetup, um, the Meetup app. Um, the next thing you want to do is um, uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is definitely the place to go. So make sure you're on LinkedIn. Make sure you're using the Meetup app and make sure you're making things happen that way. So that way you're going to be able to sort of build your professional network. And as I mentioned, I'm not saying don't go to the big conferences, but don't, um, you know, don't wait on these conferences and just say, oh, this is going to be the best networking event of my life. I'm going here strictly to network and make business partners. Now, you can do that, but don't wait on it because these conferences take times at, you know, these, they happen at certain dates and things like that. And it's going to allow you to remain inactive when it comes to your networking because you're going to be waiting on that conference thinking that this is going to be the big one that's going to help you make these big connections. When in reality, you can jump on LinkedIn today, you can jump on the Meetup app today, and you can start to make things happen for yourself. So that's my advice on that. So let's jump into the last question of this session. Um, I like to start a side hustle, but don't know where to start. Where do I find freelance gigs? Now, we kind of covered this in the first question. So 
All right, so if you don't know where to start in your side hustle, let me tell you what to do, as I mentioned, um, in the first question, so to speak. So the first thing you can do, say you have no money, you don't know what to do, you want to start, um, you want to start a side gig, go to YouTube. Go to YouTube. You can learn how to edit video. You can learn how to you can learn graphic design. You can learn Photoshop, Final Cut Pro. You can learn how to do... Um, you can learn how to do the books for accounting. Um, you can learn how to do taxes. You can learn how to be in broadcasting. You can learn. You can learn um, social media marketing. You can do all that. You can learn everything. It's all free. Free right there on YouTube. Right. So really ingrain yourself in that. Hours and hours upon hours a day. Learn how to do it. Become ingrained in it. Get the software that these professionals have, and really start playing around in it till you feel like you're comfortable. So you feel like you 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 got to grasp on things because it's going to take some work. Nothing that's worth anything comes easy. You guys know that. So it's going to take a ton of work, but it's definitely going to be worth it at the end of the day. Side hustle is going to allow you to do so, so many things in regards to, you know, not only um, adding to your income, but also it's going to put you in a position in which you're getting real world experience. You know, you're getting real clients. Um, you're learning how to manage tasks under pressure. You know, you're just learning a bunch of things about your industry, whatever that industry is. And that's what free that's what the side hustle freelance allows you to do. So get started. First thing you want to do is learn, right? Second thing you want to start applying. So go to um, upwork.com, U-P-W-O-R-K.com, go to fiverr.com. And just start offering those services. Start offering those services. It can, it can be for a low amount. That's completely fine because at the end of the day, you're building up your experience. You're building up your skill set. You're putting yourself in a position in which you can charge premium amounts later on. But now that you're just starting, be humble about it. Start building your client portfolio and start and start practicing in essence because that's what you're doing. You're working with real real paying clients. Now the amounts not might not be nothing crazy, but you know, it's going to help you get that experience and it's going to help you be able to charge a premium later on for your services. So once you learn something on YouTube, start applying it and then you can start building it out from that point. You can start building the social media channels for it and you can start doing some Facebook and Instagram marketing, some stories marketing. Run, you can run some really cheap ads, start driving business to um, to your side gig. And before you know it, um, you might be leaving your, your, um, your full-time gig for the side gig. So um, that's how you start doing it. Just You just got to go. Just start learning on YouTube, um, and then you can start applying those methods on Upwork and Fiverr.com. So those are two websites that you can check out. Oh, yeah, also on um, Udemy.com, U-D-E-M-Y.com, um, if you want to learn something from a professional or you know someone who, who teaches a course on a particular subject and you want to pay for it? Well, they do have free courses, but you can pay for the more premium courses. And they have sales all the time. You can get courses for like 10 bucks, And that's Udemy.com. So make sure you check that out if you really want to start building. And then from Upwork to Fiverr, you're going to be in a position in which, you know, those may be the only platforms you need. And people start contacting you via social media. But I think Upwork um, is probably the, the more premium platform. Because actual, you know, big companies actually go in there and they hire people to do contract work for it may be a one time job that may take two days or maybe a long term job in which you're on for the next six months. Right. And they got uh, actual they got everything. The whole payment system is set up there. Um, you can you can clock all of your hours. They have a little, a little timer that comes up the whole thing. So 
in essence, you're working from home doing your side hustle, but you're working for clients. So that's the best place to start when you want to get things rolling uh, with your side hustle. Now, a lot of you probably don't think you have any skills. You probably think you don't know how to do anything, which is completely fine. That's completely fine. As I mentioned, nowadays you have the internet, you have the YouTube, and you can go learn anything you want. You can start applying it to, you know, to, um, well, for your clients, and you can start making some money, you can start paying off these student loans, and you can start bringing in more money monthly, right, just from running your side hustle. But as I mentioned, it's going to take some time. Um, none of this stuff comes easy. You're going to have to put in the work. Um, you have to put in the hours, even on top of your daytime job, because that's what it takes. That's what it takes. All of the people we look up to, all of the people that has done great things, um, you know, all of the people who are, who has made you know, a substantial amount of money and has built wealth, you know, generations and generations of wealth, they've been through sort of that ringer, right? Where they had to work hard, they had to work smart, but they still made things happen because that's because they knew what they wanted. So it's going to take some work. No one says ever going to be easy, but, you know, um, nothing worth having comes easy. Yep, that's the questions for today. Um, as I mentioned, if you want to ask a question on the show, make sure you use the email ask at seven minute job interview.com and I'd be glad to get to your question. So make sure you ask your question there and I'll get to it. Um, but those questions specifically, um, full transparency, those came from a chat that I take part in on on Twitter. And it's called Intern Pro. It's hosted by uh, the company U-Turn. Um, you know, they help young professionals and college students, recent graduates. They help them excel in their professional career, something like this podcast. But they have a great chat. It's called Intern Pro. You guys can check that out. You know, you can just type it in and you can check out the tweets. Um, some great questions and great answers from great professionals in all different sectors and things like that. So you get a different perspective on what's going on, you know, in the latest and networking careers and things like that. So great, big, big fan of them. So make sure you check that out. Okay, so with that, I wanted to jump into um, a new segment that um, haven't been that I haven't introduced yet to the podcast, um, to the strictly audio podcast. But um, so I've been looking at a lot what's going on with um, student loans and you know the public service um, forgiveness program. I believe that's what it's called. And just the student loans crisis in general. Now, as you guys know, we're trillions of dollars in student loan debt. And it's getting higher and higher and higher. But the thing is, education, you know, I feel like education has become has become commoditized. It has been. Because nowadays we can learn anything we want. And I've talked about this several times. We can learn anything we want with the internet. We can learn anything we want. We can learn how to do stuff, right? No longer do we need an instructor to sit there and give us information from an outdated textbook that's going to be irrelevant the next year and judging us on our ability to regurgitate that information on something called a test, right? Um, I feel like the education system, it hasn't caught up with what's going on with technology. There's a bunch of things going on with technology, right? And education remains the same. 30 students, um, different backgrounds, different IQs, um, different work ethic, different interests, more importantly. But we're still forced to learn the same thing. And a lot of what we're learning 
it doesn't apply anymore. It doesn't apply. Like, phlebotomy is not going to help me. Botany, I mean, it's nice and all, but it's not going to help me, you know? Um, animal studies is, is not going to help me. Granted, it may help some people who chose to stick with those certain dis- cer- um, certain disciplines, right? Um, but me learning that chlorophyll is what makes leaves green, it's not going to help me, right? It's not going to help me do my taxes. It's not going to help me um, learn how to get a mortgage. It's not going to help me to learn how to start a side hustle. It's just not going to help me at all, right? Um, you know, I love the I love space. Space is great, you know, but you know, to learn how many moons Pluto has, you know, that's 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 just not gonna help me. If Pluto has any moons, I don't know. But a lot of the information, you know, it, it's just there. And they don't teach us the important things. They don't teach us how to start a side hustle. They don't teach us about taxes. They don't teach you how to fix your car if your car is broke, right? Um most of us are going to get out there and have a car. We're supposed to learn about trial and error. Um, they, they don't teach us how to, how to get a mortgage, how to maintain a good credit score, how to pay off debt, right? So it's a bunch of things that we don't learn in school. But yet, schools still continue to charge $30,000, $50,000, even more every single year. Giving these loans to 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds who have no financial history, has never had a job, um, and just don't know what they're getting into, right? They just heard that college is the path, that college is the way to go, that, you know, you have to go to college to be successful. You have to, you have to, you have to do this. You have to get this degree, and then you'll be in a position to be successful. Now, granted, me personally, I'm, you know, I'm happy I did go to college. I got to meet some great people. You know, I had some great opportunities while I was there, but there's there's a better way to go about this, right? And me personally, I feel like schools um, and higher education soon is going to be exposed for what it actually is, which is a business, right? Um, I think the business comes first before the actual education, because if that wasn't the case, then we, we still wouldn't be learning about these subjects that's absolutely irrelevant to what's going on and what we're going to be judged on whenever we get out of college. You know, we get out of college and we still don't really know we still don't have any expertise in anything. Everything is so generic. Granted, you have a major, but you only know that stuff from the surface level. You don't know any of that stuff from a, a practical application standpoint, which is what the companies who hire you are going to be judging you based off of. They're going to be judging you based off practical application. Can you do this? Can you take us from A to D? And can you do it in an efficient manner, right? But school is just not teaching us the right thing. Um, as I mentioned, nothing has changed. And... Um, since I think it was like school was probably, you know, that was when things were heavily like industrial based, like you were set to go work at the mine or you were set to go, you know, work here, work on the assembly line. But nowadays we have too many opportunities and school teach us, they teach us to be workers instead of, you know, um, how to have our own, um, how to build our own. Now, granted, there's nothing wrong with having a job, um, you're going to make some money, provide, you know, and really take things to the next level. But um, there's just there's just so much opportunity out here. And I'm glad that, you know, I'm here in this day and age to take advantage of the opportunity that that's out here. Because, um, you know, a lot of our parents, you know, the people who raised us, they didn't have these same opportunities. So we only know what we've been brought up to believe, right? That's you go to high school, you go to college, you get this great job and everything would be fine. Um, but there's just so much holes within that. And 
as I mentioned, the flex schools are going to get exposed for what they are um, eventually. I'm not sure when, but I just don't feel like it's going to hold as much weight as it used to, unless it's like the top tier five schools, right? Even nowadays, I see it. Um, I did recruiting for a bunch of companies, and it was a thing on there where we didn't care where the degree came from. Um, whenever we were screening applicants, the fact that they had a gr- degree was just a check off the box, right? So when people argue about different colleges and, oh, I went to this college or I went to, oh, you went to a technical college that doesn't count this and that. Look, these employers do not care. Like I said, unless you went to the the top tier five schools, other than that, it does not matter. Like, if you got the degree, boom, that's a check off the box, and you're going to be in position to to move forward. So don't put that much weight on where you go because that allows you to make some crazy decisions like go out of state for college just because you heard that this and this state university is the best school when in all reality um, it's going to hold the same weight as the degree that's in your in your town but you're going to be paying double because you're out of state, right? So start making some smart decisions because student loans are killing us. It's, it's, it's holding a lot of people back in the economy. A lot of young professionals can't do what they want to do. You know, they can't, they're scared to start families. They're scared to um, get into a mortgage. They're scared to um, progress in life because when they get out of college, they, they're paying three, four, five hundred $500 every single month for these student loans, right? And, a lot of college grads, they get out and, you know, they're working back home. They went back home to work. They're working in factories. Um, they're working in retail, fast food. Granted, there's nothing wrong with those places, but when you went to college and you paid all this money, you, you, you expect to get something in return because you heard that this was the right thing to do. So why am I back at home working here, right? So that's something to think about whenever... Um, Whenever you guys are going through your college matriculation, or even those who graduated, um, you know there's 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 so much so much we can do nowadays because we're in the digital information age. So there's we can just build some great things and we can live life on our own terms, and you know we can sort of correct our mistakes and we can teach our younger peers that you know college is not the the end all be all. You can build other things, you can build your own thing, and you can make things happen on your own. But as I mentioned, I want to talk about this article I seen, and it's from uh, AZ Big Media. Um, still paying off student loans, don't hold out for forgiveness. So um, I just want to read a couple of passages from here, and just give my thoughts on you know the whole student loan forgiveness program and things like that. So student loan forgiveness program exists to wipe away. Debt carried by some former students. Forgiveness programs are few and have tough qualifications. Unlike personal debt, it's not easy to eliminate student loan debt without paying it off. People want forgiveness programs because standard debt reduction strategies don't apply to student loans. Consolidation loans, for an example, best ways to eliminate debt and reduce interest rates. But student loan debt can't be consolidated. Okay, so forgiveness programs aren't working as intended. So that's what I want to focus on, right? The idea of forgiving student loans is wonderful, but unfortunately, it's not working as planned. The most well-known forgiveness program is the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. Now, I know you guys heard of that. Uh, You know, you um, they forgive your debt after 10 years of consecutive payments or something like that. So this was signed into law in, in 2007. This program was created to forgive the debts of public servants working for the government and nonprofit organizations. 
Now, the goal of the program is to help borrowers with high levels of debt to pursue their careers without debt hanging over their heads. Unfortunately, this program has yet to make good on its promises. As of December 2018, only 206 applicants out of 41,000 have been approved for the program, which essentially means there's a 99% rejection rate. The reason? Strict requirements that were rarely, if ever, communicated to the borrower, the borrowers. Now, so got a few, have a few issues with this. So a lot of people I talk to, um, they're heavily relying on this program. Like they, once they graduate, they have in mind like I'm going to get into this program and I'm going to, I'm going to make it through all the ten years and they're going to forgive my debt, right? Now, granted, don't forget someone has to pay that debt that you're forgiven. But anyway, so when it comes to this, for one. I don't want any of you guys to be in debt for 10 years at all, right? For 10 years, 10 years of your life, you know, in debt slavery, that's something I don't want for you guys. So I definitely don't want you to, you know, feel like you have to enroll in this program because after 10 years of being in debt, they're finally going to forgive it for you. So you're going to wait 10 years so you can finally start doing what? So you can finally get your house, so you can finally, you know, do something else, so you can finally do what? So... Me personally, I think you guys, if you guys develop a side hustle like we talked about earlier in, in this episode, I feel like you guys can be in a position to go out there and pay off your student loan debt, you know, making, even if you were making like $500 a month, which is very, on the very, very low end on the, um, on the side hustle thing, especially if you put the hours and dedication towards it, you can make way more than that. But even if you just kept a minus at $500, it'll probably take you like six years or something like that to pay off $30,000 in debt or something like that, right? But the thing is, it has a 99% rejection rate, right? So don't don't count on this program. Don't count on it. Like, I mean, granted, some people got in it. Kudos to you. That's great. Um, You're going to get your you know, your debt forgiven after 10 years or what have you. But as I mentioned, I don't, I don't want you guys to be in a position in which you're waiting 10 years for that to happen, right? After all of these consecutive payments that they're finally going to finally gonna pay it off for you. But on the other end, if you got really, really aggressive about it and you really put yourself in a position to develop a side hustle, to go out and network on LinkedIn like we talked about, to go on the meetup app and network like we talked about, and to develop these relationships and to go out there and start, you know, making some side income for yourself and building that and building that up that you can easily knock out this debt faster than 10 years. You can easily knock it out faster. And as I mentioned, guys, it's a crisis, right? So as of right now, all of us who have student loans, and me included, I have student loans. Um, we got our backs. We got our backs against the wall. So what are we gonna do about it, right? We're gonna wait for someone to bail us out after ten years, or we're we gonna take matters into our own hands and start becoming more knowledgeable, start developing, um, you know, certain skills, start developing the big network, and really start, you know, building stuff for ourselves that's gonna put us in a position to pay these student loans off successfully. Right. So that's what I want for you guys. I don't want you guys relying on the student loans, um, the student loan forgiveness program, because as you saw, I mean, it has a 99 percent rejection rate, which is which is insane. That's crazy. Like. No one wants to be in debt that long. You know, you 
when when you're a debt, you know, essentially you're a slave. You're like someone's someone else's like you're giving someone else your money. Every single month you're giving someone else your money. Your hard earned money. You're giving it to them, right? And you want to do that for ten years before they finally decide to forgive it for you? Look, we're better than that. You know, we're in the information age, we're in the digital age. There are things we can do in order to pay it off much, much quicker. There's a bunch of things we can do. And for the people who got in it, you know, um, that's that's great. That's great. You guys were able to get in all um, 206 of you. That's great, you know, but it's not a guaranteed program. And, you know, I'm just waiting for the day where um, more more, let's say, alternatives to college start coming out. That's it. The day with more just different alternatives to college. And you actually get a chance to learn stuff that's going to actually help you in the real world, right? You're going to learn taxes. You're going to learn car maintenance. You're going to learn mortgages. You're going to learn paying off debt, keeping a high credit score. You're going to learn all of these things, right? Instead of learning about nuclear membranes and chlorophyll and things like that which is important to certain people in certain fields, but the average person, they're never going to use that information. So why are we still giving them that information? The thing is, we know the problems. We know what's going on. We know that we have huge consumer debt. We know that, you know, um, as a society, we have low credit scores. Like We know all this, right? So why not, not, now that we have that information as a people, why not, why don't we start actually, saying, hey, there's a problem. Maybe we need to start teaching our people more about how to manage credit cards or should you even have them to begin with, how to manage consumer debt, how to pay off that debt, how to develop a side hustle in order to earn extra income for your family and things like that, right? There's so much we can do in order to, you know, regulate, not regulate, but in order to, you know, sort of take take the load off of all of this. If we just start within the schools, we start within... Even high schools, but definitely get those into the college, the, the college classrooms, because um, it matters, and that's something we're dealing with on a daily basis, and something has to be done about it. So yeah, that's my take on that, and you know that that wraps it up, guys. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, um, as you guys know, um, I think this is the first episode of the long form podcast. So. Um, I'm thinking about that structure, right? I'm thinking I'll answer three questions um, that can either come from you or come from a chat or something like that. And I'll, because um, I read a lot. I read a lot um, in regards to what's going on with student loans, education, careers, and things like that. And, you know, I kind of like to give my point of view on what I think about it and what I think about what's going on. And I like to be in a position in which I can help provide value to you guys, the guys who've been listening to the show and girls who's been listening to the show and, you know, who really who really kind of stuck by it and who's, who's finding value from it, right? Because the show is for you guys and I hope you guys enjoyed it. So this is gonna go up on the um this is gonna go up on the on on iTunes. And I'm also gonna break it up so that um each question is on there as a separate episode as well. Just for you who really like the short form, let me grab some content real quick because I got a job interview next week and I want you to focus on one question and I want you to and I want you to tell me what I should say or what I should do and let me go apply that. So I'm gonna have that as well. But the long form is also gonna be um uploaded so make sure you check out the podcast on itunes we're doing extremely well thanks to you guys um also 
Once again, check out the Watch Me Get a Job interview course. Over 5,000 students enrolled, completely free for you guys who's struggling um, with your resume, uh, with job searching and things like that. I know things can get extremely frustrating. That's why I created the course. It's at WatchMeGetAJobInterview.com. Make sure you check that out. And lastly, once again, if you want to answer or get a question answered on the show, ask at 7MinutesJobInterview.com. Make sure you check that out. So I think that wraps up this session, guys. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate you for taking the time, you know, to um, to really take in what's going on, um, take in the questions and, you know, really be here to give me your time because I know time is extremely, extremely valuable, especially nowadays, right? So uh, that wraps up this session. And of course, I will see you guys in the next session of the 7-Minute Job Interview Podcast. Once again, this is Dave Vaughn. I am your host, and I'll see you in the next episode. Peace out.